Father, uh, we do thank you once again for the opportunity to study your word. And Lord, as we look at Paul and Barnabas doing some, some uh, ministry, God, again, Lord, I just love watching this. And I pray that it just encourages our hearts. Lord, I pray that as we, as we see their highs and their lows, as we see all of the bright spots and then, Lord, go down with them into the dark spots, I pray that it would cause us, Lord, to have confidence in you and to know that when things get tough, doesn't mean you've abandoned us or you've forgotten us or you've given up on us. And God, I, I pray that we would learn that from them, that you're right there in the midst of that turmoil or trouble. And so bless this time. Open up our eyes and our ears and our hearts, God, that we might see and understand and that, Lord, we might grow from this time this morning. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, since last week we kind of, you know, obviously we took a break. And, and so I, I don't know how many of us remember. Remember where we're at in the book of Acts that Paul and Barnabas have started their missionary journey. And they went first to Cyprus, did some ministry there. Now they're back on, quote, the mainland in, in an area where we would call Turkey today. And they're kind of working through some things. They're in Asia Minor. And bottom line, here's what I love about this. They're in Galatia. Might sound familiar, right? There's a letter written to the Galatians, the churches of this area. And this is the first place Paul went, on, and Paul and Barnabas went on a missionary journey. Now remember when they got there, they went to Pisidian Antioch, went into the, the synagogue, and the synagogue leaders invited Paul to speak. You guys, you guys remember that? And he began to share, and he began to share from what was going on happening then, the fact that Jesus came, that he died, that he rose again, and then he said, Jesus must be the Messiah, and he proved it through quoting some Psalms, quoting some uh, prophets, kind of gave them all of that, and I think they're kind of liking it. I think they're sort of, I, I know there's a little bit of with Jesus, but overall I think they're going, well, you know, this isn't too bad. This is kind of okay, and they're sort of accepting it, and they're pondering it, and then listen, I think as long as they, you know, they've been pondering it now for us for a week, not for them that long, but they're kind of mulling it over, thinking about it, and working through it. And listen, God is doing a work there and moving in people's lives. So, so remember, he left off and he told them that in Jesus you have what? Forgiveness of sin. But remember the greater part and justification from the things that you could not be justified from with the law. In other words, you have forgiveness and justification. And we talked about how great that was, right? It's one thing to be forgiven. Forgiven's great. But if you're guilty, you're still guilty, right? Like if I shoot you and you forgive me, I'm forgiven, but I'm still guilty of shooting you and I'm going to probably go to jail. But if I'm justified, it's like I never ever shot you. I like that, right? So it's all gone, and that's what he says, man. And I think when Paul says that part, I think it gripped their hearts. Listen, I think every human being desires forgiveness. I think it's innate within us, man. We want to be forgiven. We all know we sin, even those of us who say we don't sin. We know deep down inside. And man, we need that forgiveness, but greater than that, we also need that justification. I think as Paul spoke those words, and those were kind of his closing words, and he was telling them not to get hard. Remember he quoted Habakkuk, told them not to get hard as a, as a former generations. And listen, man, I think that 
like just exploded in their hearts and their minds. So now verse 42, so now we're caught up, right? And we're hanging with them. Now verse 42, he says, so when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words, uh, that these words might be preached to them next Sabbath. Listen, man, as they went out, now they're breaking up. So remember, you're in the synagogue and, and I, I believe, listen, I believe some of the proselytes were in the back and, you know, even some of the God-fearers, but man, the Jews, you know, they're, they're hardcore and they're there. So as they begin to disperse a little bit, the Gentiles, that would have been God-fearers, right? He's already addressed them. Those seeking God, maybe some who had converted to Judaism. Man, they grab Paul and Barnabas and they go, we want to hear you some more, man. Can you come back next week? Now, I'm not sure what the synagogue rulers are thinking at that point, right? But man, we want to hear more. Don't you love the idea that they got hungry? They want to hear more of the Word. They loved what they heard, and they want to hear more. You know, that's one thing that blesses me about our fellowship, is we show up and we want to hear the Word. And, you know, sometimes when you guys are going out, some of you will say, why did you stop? Because I had to. That's why I'm out of energy. And, and we got kids ministry. Well, I don't want to stop. And, you know, a lot of people say, I don't want to stop yet. And, 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 you know, some of you want to go on and on. Some of you are going, he finally stopped. But listen, listen, man, these guys are going, can you come back next week? Now imagine what that does within the synagogue. Within those who are there week after week teaching. And now you've got this guest guy, Right? this guest pastor, and if people want him to come back next week. Well, listen, that's bad enough, but then check this out, verse 43. Now, when the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and the devout proselytes, proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas. Listen, not only were the Gentiles, now those devout Jews, they're, they're following Paul and they're going, tell us some more. And they're talking to him and they're wanting to get more information about what they just heard. And listen to what Paul tells them. Listen, it says that, that they followed them, followed them, and then Paul and Barnabas, who speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. You might underline that part of your Bible. Listen, Paul and Barnabas, that group that were following, they go, hey, I'm glad you responded. I'm glad you like this. But you need to continue in the grace of God. You know, that's what Christianity is all about. Some people tell me sometimes, you know, I think we should get past grace. Let me tell you something. There's nothing past grace. You don't grow beyond grace. You may grow in grace, but you don't grow beyond grace. We need to continue in the grace of God. Now, here's why I think it's so important here in this section. Who's this group of people? This is the Galatians. Have you ever read the book of Galatians? You ever read the letter that Paul wrote to this group? You know, the interesting thing about Paul's letters is Paul usually starts out his letters and he talks about grace and peace and talks about his calling and, and then, you know, introduces his kind of things. And then he usually tells them something really good. You know, a commendation. Hey, man, you guys are right on here. Then he kind of gets into, you know, what he's got to talk about. Kind of, do you know in the book of Galatians, there's no, hey, you guys are doing really good? 
The book of Galatians is all about, you guys are blowing it big time. Why on earth have you left? Remember what he writes. Why have you left the grace of God? Isn't it interesting? The very first ministry he has, he's teaching them and, and, and uh, encouraging them and persuading them to continue in grace. And what do they do? They don't. Wow. They got real legalistic. You know, that can happen so easy in our lives, can it? Listen, we, we all can tend to get real legalistic. And we tend to want to guide everybody else and we become sin sniffers. And we'll let people know what they're doing wrong and some of us are very good at it. And we come along, how come you're doing that? You shouldn't be doing that. And we get great about telling people how to live when yet we ourselves are not living the way we tell people how they should live. And Paul's saying, man, you got to, listen, continuing grace you know, the most, for me, the most discouraging people to be around are legalists. They get all into things. The most encouraging people to be around are people who are walking in the grace of God, who realize it's by the grace of God they've been saved. And it's not all how great they are. You know, when I was, when I was first saved, I, I've shared before, I, got, I was pretty legalistic, and I was listening to real legalistic people. And, you know, I would name them, but I don't want to right now. But I, I, had, I had some tapes I would get, and, and I would listen to these guys, and man, they would just like beat me down and beat me down and beat me down and tell me how unholy I was, which I probably didn't really need anybody to tell me that, but, you know, confirming that and beat me down. And then I remember I would put Chuck Smith on. And he would just teach through the Bible and talk about grace. And I'd go, oh man, this feels so good. And then I would go back to the legalism and get beat down and beat down and beat down. Then I would listen, oh, this grace feels so good. And finally one day I thought, why am I doing this other stuff? Why don't I just hang out in grace for a while and grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Paul's saying. Man, you guys got to stick with it. You got to go for it. So listen, I, I like this. So, so check this out, man. Now a whole week later for them, look at verse 44. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the Word of God. Is that exciting? Listen, man, Paul shows up to the synagogue. The synagogue rulers show up, every, and they get there, and, and Luke writes that almost the, whole, almost the whole city showed up. Now, it's interesting. I read some commentaries, and they're going, you know that, you know that Luke, he kind of gets into hyperbole, and he's kind of blowing it here, and I don't think it was that. Listen, I, I read Luke, and I, I do see sometimes where I think he does, but usually when he does, he would have said this. The whole city showed up. Here he says almost the whole city. So I don't think this is hyperbole. I think, listen, I think that synagogue was packed out that next Saturday, man, and every, you know, there's standing room only, people are elbowing their way in, and I believe the leaders are going, what's going on here? They don't come like this when I teach. How come so many people are showing, right? And listen, it's, it's a little bit, I think it's a little bit disheartening for them to see that. And I think, I think Paul and Barnabas are going, Barnabas are going, oh no, look at this place. This is crazy. Now, I, we read this sometimes and we kind of read it, I think, with sort of the, the, the expectation that Paul and Barnabas would have expected that. I don't think they expected that. I mean, it's a shock to them. Listen, I think anybody who's really walking with the Lord and teaching His Word is shocked that anybody ever shows up. I think that's the truth. And now, man, almost the whole city's there. And I think Paul's saying, Barney, you take this one. 
Right? He's going, no, you can do it, man. You can talk to him. Come on. And so, listen, I think they're all ready to go. And then check it out. Now comes the opposition. Verse 45, it says, but when the Jews saw the multitude, they were filled with envy and contradicting and blaspheming. They opposed the things spoken by Paul. So listen, I think Paul gets up. He begins to give the same message. And then the leaders, right? These Jews, they're jealous because of who showed up. Isn't that crazy? It bugs me when people get jealous. Well, how come so many people go to that church? Because that's where God has called them to go. Why are you so freaked out about it? Well, why are they showing up there? I don't like that. Tough. And then we tend to get look at and then we tend to do what they're doing. Listen, they start contradicting what Paul's teaching. They, and and now that they can't outwit him, because I don't think you want to match wits with Paul. Just personally, I just I, I think even when Paul started, I don't think you want to do that. I don't think especially you want to do that with the Old Testament with Paul. And so listen, they start doing that, and that doesn't work. So what do they do? They blaspheme him. In other words, they start calling him names. Is that crazy? Isn't that usually what happens when you start winning an argument or a debate? You start winning and someone goes, you know, you're ugly. Well, we were talking about something else, but now that you bring that up, you know, and so, listen, man, so then they start blaspheming and they start coming against Paul that way. So what do you do with that, man? I'm thinking, listen, number one, you're a guest there. Number two, I don't think they knew people in town yet. Maybe they made a few friends over the week. But now, listen, now you've got all this turmoil building. How are you going to handle that? What are you going to do as a person now who's up front, who's able to speak, are you going to water it down a little bit? Maybe dial it back. Listen, wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be a temptation at least to just dial it back just a little bit? So I know I've been talking about this, but man, if I bring it back a little bit, then they'll accept me and I can stay longer. Maybe that's a temptation. Huh? Some of you are giving me dirty looks. I think that would be a temptation. I think for anybody, that would be a temptation. And look at what Paul, you've got to love. Listen, verse 48, so they're, they're contradicting him, they're opposing him, or the things spoken by him. Then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, it was necessary that the Word of God should be spoken to you first. Listen, now they're, 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 kinda, they're still building that bridge. You're trying to keep that bridge there. And so they get them on the bridge, now they're going to burn it. Listen, spoken to you first, but since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. Wow! I don't know about you guys, but listen, that surely wasn't Paul and Barnabas standing up there and going, well, you know, I know we're talking about Jesus and a resurrection, but, you know, maybe we ought to like think about some other things and kind of do this and that. No, what do they do? They just come right back at them, don't they? And they come back at him, I think, in such a bold and powerful way. Here's what they're telling him. When you give the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, people have to make decisions. They've got to vote for it or they've got to vote against it. They've got to say yes or they've got to say no, period. There's no in-between. And now, listen, they push them into that area and these guys are rejecting. Have you ever noticed there's some people that hate hearing the gospel? If you haven't noticed that, you're not sharing it enough. There's people that don't want to hear you. And these people don't want to hear Paul. So here's what he says. I love it. Here's what he said. Oh, well, you know, we had to come to you first. But since you guys deemed yourself, judged yourselves unworthy of everlasting life. Whoa, that's kind of heavy, right? Since you've decided, you know, we could put it bluntly, since you guys have decided you all want to go to hell, we're going to go to the Gentiles, okay? Now, I hear that and I think that's a little bit bold. I think it's way bold. 
And I'm going, you go, Paul. Now that would be a little bit frightening after you gave that message. It's where you need, you know, in today's vernacular, that's where you need a, you know, bulletproof vest and, you know, armor on and things getting ready, right? I mean, he just, he just like insulted that whole area. And I read that and I think, man, that's huge. And then he says, listen, I was supposed to come to you first, but now I'm going to turn to the Gentiles and check it out. He goes, oh, and by the way, here's a verse. Here's a verse for you guys, right? Isaiah 49, verse 6, for so the Lord, in verse 47, so the Lord has commanded us, I have set you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. Don't you love that, man? He just kind of throws that verse out there. We're in Isaiah. We're going to be looking at this next week as we, as we keep, continue on in Isaiah. But I love this idea, man. He throws this verse out there. And the great thing about 49.6, Isaiah 49.6, is it's so applicable across generations. That verse was definitely applicable to Israel. Didn't God call Israel to be a light to the Gentiles? Yeah. And definitely Jesus, right? Jesus is the one who brought salvation to the Gentiles. But even to Paul and Barnabas, but even greater than that, it's true of us. We're to be the light in the world that we live in. You and I have the tremendous privilege of sharing the gospel with this generation. How great is that? God has allowed us to do that. And listen, every time I think about that, that blows my mind. If I were God, I would do it different. If I were God, I would probably use big speakers and kind of skip people and put up a big megawatt you know, system and just get it out there. But listen, man, he says, we have that privilege. Now here's what's crazy. Didn't Jesus tell them to go to the Jews first. As we read the book of Acts, every city that Paul goes into, he goes to the Jew first. Right? That's where the gospel, listen man, he goes there first. And he goes, since you guys think you're not worthy, since you really don't want to do this, then behold, we're going to the Gentiles. Man, we're going full on with those guys. And then verse 48. Verse 48 is one of my favorite verses. Now when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad. I bet they were glad, right? Woo! Yes! Listen, they were glad and they glorified the word of the Lord and as many as been appointed to eternal life believed. That is one phenomenal verse. Number one, listen, number one, it says these Gentiles were glad and they glorified the Lord. You've got to understand something. The riff here, the tear here came because Paul told the Gentiles in that room that day, in that synagogue that day. Here's what he told them. You believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and if you believe He died for your sins and He rose again on the third day, you can have eternal life. And all of us are going, yes, so? Do you know what that does to a Jew? Listen what he did. He just skipped the step of becoming a Jew before you become a Christian. Wow, that was huge. Now for us, we're going, no big deal, Pat. Well, if you were a Jew in the first century sitting in your synagogue and you got some rabbi from out of town up there talking that stuff, he's talking crazy. And so that's why they're upset. But the Gentiles are going, yes, 
We don't have to become a Jew to become a Christian. We can just believe in Jesus. And it says what? They were glad. They were glad and they glorified. Don't you love that? They glorified the word of the Lord. How did they do that? They did that by believing. They did that by celebrating. They did that by walking with the Lord. And then some of us don't like the end of this verse. I know some people read that and they get all like freaked out. And it said, and as many as been appointed uh, uh, to eternal life believed and that's kind of implying that you know if god that, that god chooses some people it's sort of implying that isn't it they were appointed to eternal life and some people go i don't like that and generally what i tell people well you kind of need to get over it you know i hate to tell you that but it's all through scripture that god does choose remember peter and john couldn't have peter and john told Jesus, hey, we chose you that one day to follow you, but what did Jesus tell the disciples? You didn't choose me, I chose you. What a dilemma, right? The you know, proper term is called, what an antinomy. Is, is there really, does man really have a free will and ability to choose? Absolutely. The Bible says that, doesn't it? Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But the Bible also teaches that God appoints some to eternal life, which is true. And I always say this, yes. They're both true. Well, Pat, they both can't be true. No, they can't be true in our thinking, but they can be true in the mind of God. And God is bigger than us, and we need to understand that. So this whole dilemma of man's responsibility and God's sovereignty has been argued for generations, for millenniums through the church. Study church history. There have been major, not just, not just local church splits, major church splits over this issue. And you know what? No one's ever resolved it. Why? Because it's not resolvable. You can't choose sides. Listen carefully. You cannot choose sides. You need to by faith accept that God is sovereign and that God chooses. And then you need to by faith accept that you have a responsibility to uh, heed to the call of the Lord for you. Both are true. And people go, no, Pat, I still don't get it. Well, you know what? Walk by faith. Because let me tell you something, if you diminish one of those truths, you're going to be in trouble. I remember years ago in Bible college, here's what they said, it's like a railroad track, right? When the train has the wheels on both tracks, it does really good, doesn't it? Nod your heads. But when it takes wheels off of one track, what happens? You've got a mess, you've got chaos. So stay on both tracks. And then here's the cool thing, go stand on a railroad track, not when the train's coming. But go stand and look down the track. And have you ever noticed, if it's a good straight area, have you ever noticed those two tracks do this? And they meet? Have you ever noticed that? Some of you are going, for reals? Yeah, go check it out. Go do that. And listen, they both, both meet. And here's the thing. The two truths that we don't understand, in heaven they come together. And we need to just be people who, you know what, not be bugged by it. And then lastly, listen, once again, I share this all the time. I'm really glad that God chose me. Uh, you guys can fight with it and do whatever, but I'm sort of stoked about that. I'm really glad, listen to this, He didn't choose me because I was a good guy. He didn't choose me because I did great things. You know why He chose me? He chose me because He loved me. And I was one of those guys on the playground that never got chosen. God chose me, so on all those people, right? That didn't choose me. Because listen, I kind of like that idea. And so listen, if you don't like it, you go fight with God, you go argue, and you just get mad at me and you'll just get glad later on. 
But listen, that's what this is saying right here. As many as were appointed to eternal life believed. Hallelujah. And the word of God, listen, then the word of God spread. Look at verse 49. And the word of God was being spread throughout all the region. What happens when evangelism takes place and people get saved? We saw that last week. What happens when, when that takes place and people get saved? Those people go tell somebody else and then they go tell somebody else. Because somebody, listen, there's no greater evangelist, I don't believe, than brand new believers. Man, they just get saved and they're excited to let somebody know, whoa, do you know what happened to me? And there can be those who try and talk them out of it. And if we talked them into it, then they can be talked out of it. But if God saved them, they're saved, right? And they're excited. And the Word of God is spreading in that region, man. And I think, listen, I think Paul and Barnes are going, this is crazy going on now, right? This is insane. And so it's spreading out. Oh, and a little bit more, a little bit more going on. But the Jews stirred up the devout and prominent women and chief men of the city. Now this blows my mind. Listen, God is doing a work. Check this out because I found this happens. God begins to do a work and the religious people get uptight about it. Not only do they get uptight in your synagogue, now they get uptight in your city. And they stirred up, listen, the, the, the Jews, they stirred up who? Devout and prominent women. Does that, that's, that kind of, I think that's sort of just odd to me that Luke put that in there. I tried to get into it a little bit more in depth, but most of the commentaries, all they would say was, you know, the prominent women are married to prominent men. And I thought, well, that kind of stinks because now you're saying women can't be prominent without a man. And that's kind of like weird. I don't think that's necessarily true. That's my women's speech today. <laughs> No, but I don't think that's true. I don't, I don't think that's at all what, what was going on. But listen, why, why does Luke bring up, don't, did, don't you read that and think, why did he bring up the Jews stirred up devout and prominent women? Why, why did he bring that up? Well, you know, here's what I believe. I believe oftentimes you want to get something done, get the ladies behind it. Hmm? Yeah. And they're a force to be reckoned with, Right? Come on, come on, I'm not being, I'm being serious, man. And here's what they know, man. If I can get these women out there, man, these guys are going to have to deal with them, right? And so listen, and also though, the chief men, listen, they got the chief men of the city, and then here's what they did. They raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from the region. So here's what's going on. Not only, listen, here's the, here's the news. You give the gospel, some people are going to love it, some people are going to hate it. And they're going to be haters every time. And the haters are going to hate, right? And here's what they're doing, man. Now they stir up the people and they get them chased out of the whole region. I have never been asked to leave a city. I don't know. I just never have. I mean, I, I've been asked to out of, go out of some places in my life, you know, establishments, but I've never been, no one's ever come to me and said, hey, we want you out of our city. We don't like you anymore. That's heavy, isn't it? We kind of read it again. We read it and go, well, that happens to Paul all the time. No big deal. You might want to tell him that. I think it's a real big deal. I don't know about you guys, but if I'm serving Jesus and I'm watching God move and I'm seeing people get saved and then there's enough force within that area to get me kicked out of the city, moved out of the city... I gotta be really honest. I think I might be a little bit discouraged, just a little. I think I might take it a little personal. 
I might even give up serving Jesus. Hey, a lot of us have given up serving Jesus for a lot less. Hmm? Sometimes I hear some people say, you know what, I feel that I'm not appreciated, so I'm not going to serve. Or somebody said something to me, so I'm done. Come on, saints. What if we all did that? What if everybody did that? What if Paul did that? What if right now, what if Paul walked right now? He goes, that's it, I'm done, I'm done. What if Barnabas, I'm, I'm out of here, man. We're going back. We don't need this. We don't need to be treated like this. We don't need this kind of, you know, hassle in our lives. Some people say this is maybe even where he got beaten with rods. Remember the thing in 2 Corinthians where he says he was beaten with rods? Maybe this is one of those. Maybe he goes, I don't need this. I can go back, listen, I can go back to Antioch of Syria, right, where I started, where we have that great church. Remember that church that was exploding three weeks ago for us? Remember? Come on, you guys. Say yes, even if you don't. Listen, man, and all things are going well, and now I'm sitting here and these people are kicking me out of their city? It's not fair. It's not good. But what does Paul and Barnabas do? I love this, man. What do they do? They go, okay, we'll go. But let us do something first. Verse 51. And they shook the dust from their feet against them and came to Iconium. They shook off the dust. Wow. Now listen, I know symbolically what they're doing to Israel, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But let's talk about an issue for us. When somebody comes against you and somebody you feel violates whatever it is you feel violated about, Listen carefully in ministry. I'm talking about in ministry. Shake it off. Just shake it off. If you do not shake it off, it's going to shake you up. And it's going to destroy you. Shake it off and get going. I love this. And you know what I do? Even sometimes when I'm alone and no one's around and somebody's done something to me. And you know, hey, sometimes, listen, sometimes it's people you don't even know say something to you. And, and you know, that's kind of easier to deal with, right? Because you go, I don't know you. But then some people close to you really come against you. And they oppose you and they blaspheme you. And they get on you. And you know what I often do is I go in my office and I do this. (laughs) And I shake it off. Listen, if you don't shake it off, it is going to get you and it is going to destroy you. So listen, I love, I love that we have this here. Now listen, they were doing something greater. They were being, listen, these two guys... Man, I would, I would love, I would love to be able to go back in time and hang out with Paul and Barnabas, especially on this first journey. You know, the other journeys are kind of like, yeah, so what, you did that. But man, this first journey, man, when they're shaking the dust off, you know what they're, you know what they're doing to the Jews? This is intense. Remember Israel, when they would travel, after they got settled down, when they would travel, if they had to go through any Gentile territory... They would stop when they came back into Israel and they would shake their robes and they would shake the dust off of those Gentile dogs because they didn't want to take that and contaminate Israel. Why, do you hear what Paul's just doing to them? Man, he turns it completely around and goes, here man, I'm going to shake your dust off of me because I'm done with you and I don't want to be contaminated. Man, listen, he could have just walked up and slapped them and it would have been, I don't think as effective as what he just did. That's crazy. Remember Jesus when he sent out the disciples? 
When he sent out the 72 and he says, you go from city to city and anyone who doesn't accept you, what did Jesus say? If they don't accept you, what did he say? Shake the dust off your feet and keep going. Same for us, man. You got to shake some dust off your feet. Now again, don't do it in the sense of, you know, you're, you're, you're dirty, but do it in the sense of, I'm not going to let that affect me. I'm not going to let that get me. So listen, man, they shake it off. I love this. They shake it off and then check it out. Verse 52, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Now I think disciples generally, but I think more specifically, I think this is talking about Paul and Barnabas. Listen, man, there's n- you want to experience joy I'm not talking about just happy. I'm talking about joy. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. Man, I love this. Listen, they're filled with the Holy Spirit and they're filled with joy. You can't be filled with the Holy Spirit and not have joy. I love that, man. And man, listen, I think they're going down the road to Iconium going whistling and and singing a little bit. and (laughs) Doesn't get any better than this, does it, Paul? No, let's go see what we can do in the next city, man. Let's see what happens, right? And listen, it gets crazier. It just escalates. Some of us think, okay, I got through the hard part. Now ministry's going to get easier. You, You can read on. Not right now, but you later on. You can read on. It just escalates. It gets tougher and tougher and tougher and tougher. As a matter of fact, Paul's ministry never gets easy. Have you ever studied him just going through the book of Acts? It doesn't get easy. It gets more and more and more difficult. But here's what I read. He gets more and more and more filled with the Holy Spirit and walks through the difficulty. Why? Because he's trusting God And listen carefully, he's where God wants him to be. So I don't think Paul ever, even when he wrote that list in Corinthians, I don't think he ever looked at ministry as, this stinks. I need a new career. I remember reading Charles Spurgeon's lectures to my students. And in there he says, if there's anything else you could do, go do it. Listen man, if you're not not sold out in the ministry, especially pastoral ministry, you're going to get eaten up. It gets hard. It gets difficult. And Paul's a good example. And right here's a good example. So saints, all of us, so, hey, maybe you're serving in kids' ministry and maybe some parent didn't thank you today or maybe they were even kind of rude to you. Maybe they even said something nasty to you as they're picking up their kid. Shake it off. Don't get all freaked out. Don't get all uptight. And don't do it in front of them. Right? Because they're probably listening to this message too. Don't do it right in front of them. Go home, get in your bedroom, and shake it off, and then get going. Otherwise, it's going to destroy you. So what did we learn from Paul and Barnabas? Here's what we learn in ministry. There's really high highs, isn't there? What, what happened in the beginning? Almost the whole city shows up. Woo! And what happens at the end? The whole city tells them to leave. Bummer. Listen carefully. If they were guided and run by their emotions, they'd be all over the map, wouldn't they? What are they guided and run by? The Holy Spirit. By God's Word. So they can stay steady even though the emotional roller coasters, woo, woo, woo. They're steady, and that's what you and I need to understand. You go by your emotions, saying, even walking with the Lord, not even serving, just walking with Him, you're going to be all over the map. You're going to to be every place. 
Trust God's word and let the Holy Spirit be your guide. Let's stand up and pray.